Hi everyone, this is Yosef Siegel, and welcome to this week's edition of the AMM Torah Podcast. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Bahar B'chukosai, and let's get started. Uh, Parsha's Bahar deals, uh, begins with the mitzvah of Shemitah, which is the obligation to stop all farming in Eretz Yisrael uh, every seventh year. Uh, that, that's the basic law of Shemitah. Um, and then follows with uh, a lot of property laws. And then the majority of Parshas B'chukosai is known as the Tochacha, which is a list of curses, uh, more of a warning for the Bnei Yisrael, if they don't keep the Torah, what will uh, happen to them. So on the surface, there doesn't seem to be a connection between these two Parshas, other than the fact that they're written uh, one after the other, and therefore we read them together uh, most of the time, not all years, but most years. But as we know, uh, nothing written next to each other in the Torah is by chance. And if we look at the end of the Tocha, we begin to see the connection. After listing all the uh, terrible uh, potential things that could happen to B'nai Yisrael, and concluding with uh, a picture of a destroyed and desolate Eretz Yisrael uh, after B'nai Yisrael had been thrown out of it, the Torah then tells us uh, why uh, this exile, why leaving Eretz Yisrael is necessary. And this is in Perak Chavav, Pasuk Lamedalet going to read the beginning of the Pasuk. This is a very well-known Pasuk. At the time when Bnei Israel have been driven out, then the land will appease its Shemitah years, during all the years of its desolation, while you are in the land of your foes. And Rashi explains that what the Pasuk is saying is that the exile from Eretz Yisrael is a direct result of the Bnei Yisrael not keeping Shemitah, and Yovel as well. Every seven Shemitah cycles, so after 49 years, the 50th year would be Yovel, where the same laws uh, as Shemitah apply, along with a couple other things, which we will get into a little bit later. But Rashi explains that what the Pasuk is saying is that either way, whether you keep Shemitah or not, Eretz Yisrael is going to receive the land that is coming, is going to receive the rest that's coming to it. And if the Bnei Yisrael wouldn't do it themselves, then it would be demanded of them by them having to uh, leave, by Eretz Yisrael throwing them out, the land actually throwing out the Bnei Yisrael, and then uh, receiving its rest. And uh, then he goes on, Rashi goes on to make a calculation that from the time the Bnei Yisrael entered Eretz Yisrael until the destruction of the first base of Migdash, there were 70 Shemitos and Yovos which they did not observe. And therefore, as we know, the first Gullus was 70 years, one year for each Shemitah. Now, this is again, this is a very well-known Pasuk, a very well-known Rashi. But this goes against a different Rashi at the beginning of Parshas B'chukosai. Parshas B'chukosai opens with another very famous Pasuk, uh, and I'm just going to read the uh, beginning of the Pasuk. This is also in Perak uh, but this is Pasuk Gimel. If you will go in my statutes, in my chukim, uh, and observe my commandments, and you will do them. And following this, the, the psukim continue into a list of blessings uh, that Bnei Yisrael will receive for doing the mitzvahs. And Rashi explains that if we've already included mitzvos in the Pasuk, if the Pasuk tells us directly, uh, it writes that explicitly, then what does it mean, if you'll go on my statutes? And this is another very famous Rashi. He says, it must refer to a melis to the diligence in the study of Torah. 
So that's the beginning. Those are, that's a series of brachos before the tocha. And then if you go to the beginning of the tocha, which starts in Pasuk Tesvav, the tocha begins with the same wording except the ap- opposite. It says, Vim tim asu, right, that if you do not follow my chukim and you do not keep the mitzvos. So we see there again that uh, while the success in learning Torah and observing the mitzvos will lead to blessings, uh, failing in these ideas will lead to the curses. So we see very clearly at the beginning of the Parsha that Rashi is saying that the reason for the Tochah and follows that the eventual exile from Eretz Yisrael has nothing to do with Shemitah. It has to do with not learning Torah. So which one is it? Uh, which one is the real reason for exile? Is it not keeping Shemitah or is it not uh, studying Torah well enough? And that, explains Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, is the connection between Bahar and Bechukosai. Bahar opens up with the mitzvah of Shemitah. And it goes through the general mitzvahs that apply to it in terms of planting. But then it continues with the laws of selling land in Eretz Yisrael. And the way that it works in Eretz Yisrael is that since the land was given over to each portion of land was given over to a specific tribe and a different a specific family within that tribe, when you sold land in Eretz Yisrael, it was not an, a final sale. It was essentially a lease that could be anywhere from 2 to 49 years, uh, depending on how long it was, till the next Yovel. And at Yovel, the lease would expire, and it would be returned to the original owner. So we see that Yovel and Shemitah is still involved in the Parsha. We're, we're continuing with the, with the concept of Shemitah. And then right after that, it comes, this is the last thing that it talks about in Parsha's Bahar, uh, it discusses uh, purchasing Jews as servants. And the same thing applies, that the longest that a Jew can be sold for as a slave, as a servant, uh, would be until Yovel. And some, in some cases, uh, it could only be until the next Shemitah. And that's how Parsha's Bahar ends. So in reality, the entire Parsha's Bahar is dealing with Shemitah. And then we come right into the beginning of Parsha's Bechukosai. And how does it start off? It says, in Bechukosai Telechu, which we explain means, if you will be Amel B'Torah, if you have diligence in learning Torah. And this is connected to Shemitah as well. In those days, the majority of B'nai Israel and really the majority of the world, was involved in farming. And the idea, one of the ideas behind Shemitah was that as a farmer, you work very, very hard, and uh, at the end, you see all the uh, blessings of your work, that all the, all the spoils of your labor, that uh, you worked really hard, and, and eventually uh, the crops come and, uh, and, and you're rewarded, you're, the fruits of your labor appear. So what the idea of Shemitah was is to show B'nai Yisrael that it's not their, it's not kochivot yadi, right? It was not their own strength. It was not their own abilities that caused them to have a successful crop. It was through the goodness of Hashem that he brings the rain in order to make the crops grow. And therefore, he gives them the mitzvah of Shemitah to show them that uh, there's going to be a time where you cannot farm and Hashem will still provide for you. So that it raises their level of emunah bitachon and Hashem. That's the first purpose of Shemitah. But now, again, like we said, the majority of the people were farmers. So you give them an entire year off from farming, what are they going to do? You know, farming is a, uh, is a very uh, busy job. You start at dawn, you go to dusk, it's exhausting, you're working most of the year. And because of that, you have very little time to study Torah. For sure, in depth, and even, you know, like, uh, you only have time for the most basic of, uh, of Torah study. So during Shemitah, 
all the people who had off during Shemitah, they were supposed to take that time to learn. They were supposed to take that time to dive, to delve into Torah study. And this gave the nation a chance that they didn't have at any other time. That for six years, they'd be working nonstop and have very little time to focus on Torah. And then they have an entire year to, to focus on it and, and gain a new connection to Hashem through the learning of Torah. And says Rav Yaakov, failure to do so, failure to make this connection, the failure to be diligent in the Torah study in this purpose of Shemitah is the failure to keep Shemitah. It's not just about keeping the actual uh, farming-based laws in terms of what, and what you're allowed and not allowed to do uh, in your actual crop growing. It's what you're supposed to do when you're not growing crops. If you do not take this time during Shemitah to learn, you have not really kept Shemitah. And so this is how it follows. Parsha's Bahar began with the idea of Shemitah, and it went through the entire Parsha of Shemitah, and then Bechukosai opens up that you need to learn during Shemitah. And if you don't learn during Shemitah, we follow along with all the curses, and eventually we get to, we get to the last one, which is exile from Eretz Yisrael, that one way or another, Shemitah is going to be kept. So Shemitah was the reason for the first Galus from Eretz Yisrael, or more specifically, the fact that they didn't take advantage of the time that they had during Shemitah like they were supposed to. They may have kept the applicable laws of farming, but they did not engross themselves in the study of Torah the way that they should. And we, we have the opportunity to do this not just, uh, not just during Shemitah, but uh, you know, now that we're not farmers, we have time constantly year-round to we have the opportunity to make time in order to focus on our Torah learning this way, each person in the way that they are capable of. And therefore, we can't just leave it for Shemitah. We can't just leave it for that time where, oh, we have time then, we're going to do it then when we have can totally focus. We have the ability to do it now. We have to uh, strive to make this connection on a constant basis to commit ourselves to uh, learning a little bit more Torah uh, whenever we can. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or to subscribe to the email newsletter, you can email me at amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. The email newsletter includes the written version of the Svar Torah, as well as an MP3 download of this podcast. You can also get this podcast by going to iTunes and searching the Amem Torah podcast, or my name, Yosef Siegel. The podcast can also be downloaded from my website, hashkafahandbook.com, where you can also learn more about my book, Reality Check, A Handbook of Hashkafa. The written version of this Dvar Torah is available at oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com. That's where the Ancient Ideas for the Modern Mind blog is hosted. Please check out the Nation's Wisdom Project by going to nationswisdom.blogspot.com. And you could also find us on all of our various social media pages, facebook.com slash amemtorah, and Twitter at amemtorah. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, have a great job.